as we are seated there, the book of Numbers for the next 10 minutes. It's another life that we must learn from. Something that I just pick up from the scriptures. The book of Numbers, chapter number 12. Numbers 12. Katani, um, can you read? Let's start from verse 1. Let's start from verse 1 up to verse 16. Yeah, just read as quickly as possible. Those who don't have Bible can follow from the screen. Let's go. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. So they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now the, now the man Moses was very humble. Okay, the first lesson that you must learn there. Miriam and Aaron were speaking. Hello? Who was speaking here? Miriam and Aaron were speaking, and, and they were speaking about Moses. And Moses was not there, but God heard it. You, 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 you'll understand as we conclude. God did what? Which means the ear of the Lord is listening on your behalf all the time. You don't need to be everywhere. You don't need to accustom yourself to a lot of things that people are saying, because God is hearing for you. Let's go, let's go. Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all, all men who were on the face of the earth. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam. Number two, sorry, number two. The anointing that is upon you must keep you humble. Okay, let me say it again. The anointing that is upon you must keep you humble. Number three. Your relationship with God must increase humility in your life. The man that we're talking about here is the man that saw the face of God. Spent 40 days and 40 nights in the mountain with God one-on-one. -on -one. Is the man that God used him to open the Red Sea. God used him in Egypt in many different ways. But the Bible says even after all those manifestations of miracle, Moses was the most humble man in all the earth. And the question must be asked, if God could raise you and you could see visions and you could prophesy and things come to pass, how many of us will still be humble? If God could answer all your prayers, some of our prayers, God is not, he's not that God can't do it, but God can see that if he answers everything, humility has gone out of the door. How many of us can still be humble in abundance? Moses had all the gift. When he needed water, he does not need a tap. He just points the rock and water comes out. Yet he still remains humble. Will you remain humble the day you hold a microphone here, you open up your mouth, the whole church goes flat. But the Bible says, Moses was the most humble of them all. Listen to the testimony of heaven about Moses. Humility. Hello? Somebody say humility. Humility. And that, that, that's what is required of us. Yeah, I wish I was teaching when this, the whole church is here. When we begin to break the walls and begin to buy buildings and everything, will we still remain humble? 
Human nature. It's in human nature. And this thing, you must, you must fight it yourself. When you begin to have more, you begin to grow. If my mom was here, she would say, you grow over your boots. And you grow bigger than your boots. No one can touch you. No one can talk to you anymore. Even those that were there for you, now they must make appointments. Why? Because humility. And many of us, we blame the salary. We blame the money. The problem is not money. No. The problem is that you have lost humility. And we must have self-introspection in our lives. Am I, am I still humble? You were, you, were, you were so humble before you became a driver. Now that you, 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 you walk seated. Continue. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out, you three to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both went forward. Then he said, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Now, I want you to watch something here. We're just going down with it. and We'll just pick up some few things. Watch. Verse 1 says, Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of his wife. Hello? Because of his? Yeah, but they were never there when he was getting married to the wife. But because they think that they've got information, they can speak against the wife. And we've never heard the wife speak here. Number two that you must speak up also is that the Bible says that God heard them. But they were not speaking about God. They were speaking about Moses. And where Ketani has just read now, the Bible says, and God called the three of them. You're, You're not hearing the scripture. God called the three of them. But who are the accused here? Miriam and Aaron are the accused. But also Moses must be present. You're not hearing me. God will gather your enemies around you so that he must deal with your enemies in your presence so that he can be able to prove to you that the battle is not yours but the battle belongs to me. There are certain battles that even though you know you did not need to fight for yourself and speak for yourself because as much as you heard about it, even God heard about it. If God heard about oh, you can shake your neighbors and neighbor. If God heard about it, he can still fight for me. And many a times we use energy and strength fighting for ourselves, yet we are fighting for something that God has heard. And if God has heard it, if he has not fought now, no. Leave it, leave it to God. He will fight in the, in the right time. Because actually when you are fighting prematurely, you are fighting before time. Are you with me? Now, the Bible says, he called the three of them. Now, watch this. Sometimes you need to remain silent, man. Please keep quiet. Shake your neighbor as a neighbor. Keep quiet. 
The, the, what do you call? These are the accused. The other ones are called, Moses is called the, it's because he called the defendant. Whatever. But, but listen here. In the, this is the courtroom. God is the judge. But we have never heard Moses speak. He has never said a word. Number two, <laughs> the testimony about God speaking, him seeing revelations, uh, uh, he, all these things, all these good things that Moses is, he is not speaking himself. God is speaking for him. God is justifying that if there is a prophet among you, not Moses speaking and saying, I am a prophet among you. I always tell men and say, the moment you say I'm the man of the house, you have lost your position. The moment you feel that you need to quantify your position by the, quali- by, 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 by the many words you speak, you are not that kind of a leader. Remember Moses was a stammerer. <laughs> but God still says, this is my prophet that I have chosen. I speak with others with visions and whatnot, but not so with Moses. It, I mean, what God is saying, it's what Moses knows. And not nowhere in the Bible do we hear Moses speaking about these things. It's only God speaking. Which therefore you must understand, that's what the Bible says, in the great house there are many vessels. There are the Moses vessels, but there are also, there are also the Aaron vessels, there are also the Miriam vessels. They are also the Dorcas vessels. So please don't try to be a Moses when you are called to be a Dorcas. Because when you are trying to be a Moses, who is taking off the widows? When you are trying to be a Moses, who is, who is, who, who is making tunics for, those, for the needy? Read, read, read. Let's go. So the anger of the Lord was aroused against them, and he departed. And when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous. Hold it there. Hold it there. One thing that we must watch here, and that you must take cognizance of, is that if ever you sin against God, are you with me? Be quick to repent. Hello? Be what? Now, verse number eight of the same scripture, the last part there. God said, why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Which means the charge has already been read here. Hello? But you still allow God to depart without you repenting. You, Miriam, you could have prevented your leprosy. This case could not have gotten to leprosy if you had repented instantly. And the problem with us is that we know that we have sinned, but we are not quick to repent. And when we are not quick to repent, this thing escalates and even innocent people are being affected. Innocent people are dying because of one person who has the charges already been laid, but we don't want to repent. Oh. Let me tell you something. You can cheat people, but you will never cheat God. You can fool people, but God is not a fool. He sees everything. Moses was here. He didn't even know why he was called, but God had everything. 
Miriam, God is listening to you speaking. And if he's speaking, he's talking something that you know. He's asking, why then were you not afraid? It is for you to respond, Lord, forgive me. I will teach you about David and Jonathan. The difference between David and Saul was that when Saul was approached by his sin, he did not repent. But when David was approached by Jonathan about the sin of killing Uriah and also sleeping with Uriah's wife, remember, David was supposed to die. But because he instantly repented, it rescued his life. How many of us are quick to repent? Or we wait for other people to come and show us our mistakes, yet you know it. And the same people that show you your mistake become your enemies. You don't, you don't want to talk to them anymore. But they are telling you the truth that you know yourself. And the, the church of today, George, the church of today does not repent. The church of today just continues life as normal. But let me tell you, my brothers and sisters, sin is sin, period. And you will go to hell, I'm telling you. If you have not repented, you will go to hell. You must hear me on Sunday very well. Let's, Let's go. Read. Uh-huh. White as snow. Then Aaron turned toward Miriam, and there she was, a leper. So Aaron said to Moses, Oh, my Lord, please do not lay this sin on us, in which we have done foolishly and in which we have sinned. Please do not let her be as, as one dead. Hold it there. I was asking myself, why is Aaron not attacked? I haven't done research about this. I'm leaving it to you guys. But, but something came to me that maybe Aaron was just a listener and Miriam was the speaker. Hello? That is why Aaron is the one that's standing and sees Miriam a leper. Why, why aren't both of them become lepers? Because God had them. But who was the deliverer? Read. I'm leaving to you guys. I need this answer next week. Please do not let her be as one dead, whose flesh is half consumed when he comes out of his mother's womb. <coughs> so Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, Please heal her, O God, I pray. Then the Lord said to Moses, If her father had... had okay, father, just, just leave the father thing and uh, go to verse 15. So Miriam was shut out of the camp seven days, and the people did not journey till Miriam was brought in again. Verse 16. And afterward, the people moved from Hazaroth and camped in the wilderness of Paran. Few points right there that we must speak up. Number one, who are the accused here? Miriam and Aaron. Miriam becomes a leper. Hello? But I want you to watch who prays for Miriam. Who prays for Miriam? Hello? Moses was the most humble man in all the earth. Even after the charge has been laid, Moses does not speak. 
because this is where Moses must speak. We must hear Moses speak right here because he must speak for his rights, but he does not speak. Moses still fulfills his spiritual responsibility. We talked about this on Sunday. He still fulfills his spiritual responsibility is to cover the flock. No matter what the flock has done, no matter what the no matter what sin the flock has committed, Moses says, I will still fulfill my spiritual. I know she was speaking about me, but I'm here to pray for her. How many of us can still pray for the people that have hurt us? The people that have abused us, and you know you've got facts, you've got, but all that we are doing is to go to the court of the families and call meetings. But the Lord is saying, I will not release that pain out of your heart until you fulfill your spiritual responsibility. What is your spiritual responsibility as a Christian? Is that even though you are hurt, even though the wind is contrary, even though things are fighting against you, but you still stand in the gap and say, I will pray for you. You are my sister. You are my brother. The sin that you have committed, it is not you. The sin is just the happening. And the problem is, that's why we come to church together, we don't talk to one another. We come to church together, we serve in the same department, but we are enemies. Why? We have taken the sin and taken the sin and made it the person. I ask myself, why did Moses pray for, for Miriam? Moses also said to himself, I also killed an Egyptian, but God still used me. If God can still use me, he can still use Miriam. If God saw hope in me, there is still hope in Miriam. But the problem is that Miriam will die if there is not an intercessor who will stand and in the gap and say, Miriam is not in a position to pray for herself, but I will stand in the gap to pray. I know she's pregnant. I know she has sinned, but I will not talk about her and gossip about her. I will stand because my spiritual responsibility is to pray. You know why church is not getting full? Because the church has forsaken its spiritual responsibility. I loved it when group three, when Ali said, the, we, the, the widows were not Christian, but Tabitha was a disciple, but the widows were in Tabitha's house. The Bible says, and Moses did what? out. He did not only pray. He cried out. Which means this was a passionate prayer. A fervent prayer for somebody that spoke against him. This is a prayer that we, I will make for my blessing. This is a prayer that I will make for my family. I will make for my father. I will make for my mother. But I will never make this prayer for my enemy. But that, that is a such character that God is looking for in the church. When you know very well that he was talking about you, you if they've even taken screen grabs and sent it to you. Katani, can I have the towel? They've taken screen grabs and sent it to you. What is your answer? Because many of these things, when they happen to us, guys, we, we take it so lightly, and we think it's physical. But these things are spiritual. Because what you're going to speak right there at that moment will determine whether you remain in the position of a Christian or in the position of a heathen. But listen, the Bible says, and Moses cried and says, please heal air, O Lord. If there is a prayer that the church must pray, it's the Lord, bless my enemy. Heal my enemy expand the territory of the one that is competing with me. Yeah. 
That's why the Bible regards Moses Terry as humble. Because it's only a humble man that will stop praying for himself and pray for his enemies. But a proud man will be like the rich man who stands there and looks at Lazarus who is filthy and only prays for himself. Who's there the sound desk? Can you switch off this microphone? It's, guys, your prayer that you pray, is it filled with singular or plural? Me, myself, and I. If Terry leaves next Sunday, he says, Pastor, I'm going to start a church. I'm starting a church in, in, in Protein North. We will close our church and say we're going to support her. Or Terry has become the villain. He's the enemy. He's an outsider. But you were never there when God spoke to him. This is a hard teaching. You're right, my girl. It's a hard teaching. But this is what Christ expects from us. Let's finish because my time is gone. Let's finish. Now, watch this. I think this is going to be last. Verse... Verse 15, read verse 15 and 16. So Miriam was shut out of the camp seven days. Listen, Miriam, Moses is praying for Miriam when Miriam is shut out of the camp. Hello? Continue. And the people did not journey till Miriam was brought in again. And afterward, the Lord moved from Hazaroth. Uh, the people moved from Hazaroth and camped in the wilderness of Hazaroth. Lastly, this is my last point. The people did not move until Miriam was brought in again. Which means the program of Israel had to stop for one person. We know she's wrong. It, is, it was justifiable enough to, to, for Israel to say, let's move on. It's her own sin. We were never part of it. But let me tell you something. I love what Moses did. Moses did not put, did, did not disregard the, 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 the flesh of man to make him disregard the soul of man. I think there's a team that spoke about this. I think it was, it was your team. I think it was Chanuk. That you need to make sure that you must be a Peter. Because when Peter arrives, the people think Tabitha is dead. But she might be dead in the physique, but her spirit is still alive. Most, you must be able to look beyond your physical ability, beyond somebody's character flaws. And you must understand that God does not only use the perfect people. God does not only use those that are schooled and holy, but God still has hope. God does not have a reject center. God does not have a, a place where, this, where he says, this, these people are written off. When Moses, when, when, when Miriam was taken out of the city, it looked like she was written off. But the nation, billions and billions of people led by the same man, Moses. Moses says, we will not go anywhere. I want to imagine what was happening in the camp. What was happening in the city. I, I can imagine that the whole city of Israel was beginning to pray. Miriam must come back. Miriam must come back. We will not move on until Miriam is back here. And the church of Jesus Christ. Christ. How many of our churches will stand and wait and progress will not go anywhere just for one soul, whether it's a tither or a non-tither, whether she does something in the church, but the soul of a man God has put fellow on the soul of a man and Moses says if God can put fellow on one sheep and he leaves the 99 I will put fellow on Miriam How many Miriams have we lost? Not because they could not come back 
But the church has moved on. When they came back, the church was never there. Now they are in the world. They are running lost. They can't find a home anymore. Why? Because the home that was supposed to wait, Calvary Christian Church, a church you can call home, a church that cares for the total needs of the whole man, come as you are. Things will. Do you really know what we are talking about when we say come as you are? Or it is just a saying. The Bible says, this, the nation never journeyed anyway. Maybe there were others that were asking, why are we not going? Not until Miriam comes back. And as I'm talking, there, there are Miriams in your life. But you've moved on. When are you moved on? And you made it clear to everybody, don't ever come to my house, I've moved on. Where will Miriam go? Because she's got nowhere else to go. The, I know you, you met her in December. That status that you saw her in is because when she was not supposed to be in that status if you fulfilled your spiritual responsibility. She does not want your money. She does not want anything from you. She just needs you to wait for her. Can the church be patient with people? The fact that you can speak in tongues of men and angels doesn't mean that all of us can do it. Can the church be patient with people? The fact that you can give tithe every month, some of us are still struggling with it. Can the church be patient with people? The fact that when you can stand and you don't lie, you don't sleep around, please, please remember Moses where God found you. When can the church be patient with people? The problem is that the Moses, those that God has, has picked up and lifted up, they are the ones that are first to judge. But Moses says, I will not judge. Even I, I was given a privilege. I was only given access by grace. I was not supposed to lead this nation. Can the church be patient with people? Can the church have their heart of compassion can the church have the heart of patience even with those that are the no names are we only about the saints not about the widows let me tell you something as I close we sit here we all come from different backgrounds some of us we don't tell you when we say we're going to sleep we sleep on the floor our mattress is in the floor. But we make sure that the marks of the mattress when we come to church, they are made up, you don't see. Before you speak, please be careful of your words. Be careful, Pastor, please be careful of your examples because some of your examples are practical life of who we are. And because the widows are the no names, I talked to you about the widows last week. That the widows are people that have no status. Because they, the only has to have, they used to have status because they were married. Because their husband used to speak for them. Now the husband is no more, they've lost status, they become vulnerable to the community. Can I talk to the church? Church. There are people that come to this church, they are vulnerable. They are broken hearted. But it needs a Moses who says, I will stand in the gap. And we will wait for you. We will pray for you. Till you come, we are able to wait for the money halves, wait for the millionaires. But what about a mere Miriam? She can't prophesy. She's just a gossiper, Terry. Will we wait for the gossiper? 
I'm talking to you. I'm also talking to myself. Will we wait? If tomorrow George comes back, says, Pastor, I have sinned. I have fallen short of the glory. And now, uh, this is my child. Will he still play there? Let me tell you something. God told me when he called me. And he says, child, go and challenge traditions. Challenge the norm. Go back to the basics. How many Moses are in the church that will still wait? And wait for Miriam. And can I remind you, Moses, the same Miriam that is irrelevant was the same Miriam that was guarding the basket. When you were put in the basket and you were nobody, who was guarding you? When you were put in the basket in the Nile River where there were crocodiles, who was watching over the crocodiles? Now she's irrelevant. Who spoke to the daughter of Pharaoh when you couldn't speak? Who gave you access to the, to the, to the palace when you, you, were, you were just messing on yourself but Miriam could be able to say, no, I will get a helper who will be able to. She's the one that brought you to this position. And what have you done? People forget people. And you have forgotten that Miriam was the one that was making African beer for you to go to school. Now you can speak to her as you want because she's a nobody. But this Miriam sacrificed her life for you, woman. Let's go back to the basics. There's a Miriam in your life. She doesn't even fit to be part of your phone book anymore. You have never even called her. But one day she did some good. One mistake crashed everything. One mistake. And the church must repent. The church must repent. She's taken out of the wheel, taken out of policies, taken. One mistake. One Whatever is happening between your father and your mother is none of your business. Your mother will always be your mother. Your father will always be your father. I know you, she might look like she's wrong now. But please, can, you, can your mind be taken back? Who brought you? She could have chosen to abort you. And you wouldn't be here. I was listening to the story last week when I was coming to church here. On 702 of this son in America who's laying charges on the mother. Why did you give birth to me? You didn't have consent of me. And people were saying, this son is, where were you to sign consent? Now our, our parents, our parents, I'm talking to all of us here, young and old, our parents need to calculate angles before they speak to us. Because still we've become the Moses now. We are the breadwinner. Before you became the breadwinner, who was winning the bread? And tell your mother, hey, please, please, don't, don't get into my car with your dirty shoes. <sighs> I know you don't like this gospel because this one doesn't talk about blessings. 
Tottenham must go back to the basics, guys. Sunday, you see, we're, we're not so many. Said the saints. The widows are coming on Sunday. How many of us will leave the front seats and say, I want to identify with these widows? Identify with them all without losing your identity. How many will how many of us will take the widows and say, Come and eat at my house? Or your house is only qualified for the Peters? May God help us. Don't even want us to pray. Mm. We'll pray next week. I want this word to sink into your heart. And think about this thing when you're sleeping. Where is Miriam? Before the end of 2019, some of us must hit a U-turn. Go back for Miriam. And say, Miriam, I can't succeed when you're like this. Because success is, success is not based on money. I, t- I said this last week. Success is based on how many people have you helped in life. How many lives have you touched? Our conversations are filled with the failures of our brothers and sisters. The weaknesses of our brothers and sisters. That's what forms part of our conversations. No more honor. Did you hear? Did you see? After you have seen and heard and done this, have you prayed? How shall she come back if no one is praying for her? How will he come back if no one is visiting him? I'm talking about that brother. Where is he? He's not coming to church. Where are the men of the church? What is men with destiny if it's not impacting people outside? What is woman to woman if we're not bring, impacting people outside? My God help us. Don't move until Miriam is back. The presence of Miriam will give us a signal. Don't need to ask for a signal. It will give us a signal that it's time to move. Until Miriam is back, we are not going nowhere. Amen. I want us to go home and ponder on this. Seriously. I know that when I spoke about this last week, you thought I was joking. I'm very serious about this. We, we need to be impacted by the word. And you, you need to find yourself in this word. And, and the, the, the apostle is good with this. The difficulty with Christians is that Christians are always perfect fools. That's why I'm saying Christians don't repent. One, one of the ways to find yourself is say, when pastor was speaking, I found myself, I've got a Miriam, this and this, this and this. I, I returned, I called back. That's when the world is impacted. I called that person, we spoke, I sent money, I called. That's when the word is, the word has never done impact if there's no change. You can speak all you want, but change must happen. What shall it profit a man? To gain the whole world, the whole fame. And what's pity about this, lastly, is that the Miriam we're talking about, it's your biological sister Moses. And you are the same one who has to decide 
Let's move on. I was listening to a video. And oh God. I wish you guys can watch this video. That you Terry, you are where now? Where now? I'm not prophesying. You are able to show forgiveness to me. But you can't show forgiveness to your brother. Our, our, I'm, let me get real. Our family members can die. Yet when the same thing is done by an outside person, ah, don't worry, it's fine. But your, your brother and sister does the same thing. They are nailed, they are hammered. Because we feel we have a right. And this thing must take us home before we go outside. When you've got, you've got your stepbrother, but he did, he did not sign to come to this world. Therefore, you've got no reason to hate him. No, I can't talk to him. He's here to take our, our inheritance. Did you work for it? Christianity, Papa. Christianity must challenge traditions. Must challenge what your body feels like doing. Because Christianity is not a feeling. Father, in the name of Jesus, come before you. We thank you for this time that we had tonight. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray that, O oh God, as we go out of this temple tonight, may we meditate on this word. May this word, mighty God, impact us. If it causes us to cry, so be it. If it causes us to make some changes in our lives, so be it. But I'm praying, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God, may we go back to the basics, oh God. Lord, you said to the church of Ephesians that you, I know everything about you, but you have lost your first love. Lord, may we go back to, to, to how we were. That, oh God, our arms are ready to welcome Miriam even though she's a leper, but we will still welcome her back. That we will not move on until she comes back. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray for revelation as we go and study this word more. Some of us, God will give us more scriptures to support this word. Not to show off, but that mighty God, our lives, that the body of Jesus Christ is impacted for change. In Jesus' name I pray. We pray for the offering that we're going to give tonight, oh God. Bless each and every hand that is about to give tonight. Bless them going in and going out. We pray for traveling masses as we disperse and we drive. The roads are wet. We pray that, O oh God, guard the cars that we will be traveling in. We release the grace of the Lord, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Now and forevermore we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you very much, guys. I hope it was good. Uh, before we leave, uh, can we just come and lay our offering? Um, and then we can go home. Um, God bless you. We are done for tonight. Please uh, study this word for next week. Uh, numbers 12. Sometimes when you study this word, go back to Numbers 11 so that it will give you a good background of what is happening here and you'll have a good understanding.